0: This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. We already know you guys like good stories. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the one that grabs your attention for free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads to check it out. Now on to the show.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Riveting Reads Podcast, where each season brings you a serialised version of thrilling news stories, along with exclusive bonus content from the author. This is Season 1, Insomnia, Book 1 of the Nightwalker series, by J.R. Johansson, narrated by Roy Samuelson. New episodes are posting weekly on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Stick around after today's chapter for some author insights into the writing process behind this chapter with Insomnia's author J.R. Johansson.
0: Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and I'm here to give you a quick recap of episode 31, chapter 31 of Insomnia. At the beginning of this chapter, Parker regains consciousness after having been attacked in the shop class at the high school. He discovers that not only is Jeff the one that attacked him, he is also the one that's been sending Mia the threatening emails, and he's planning to kill them both. Finn shows up at the school looking for Parker, and Jeff stabs him in the stomach with a chisel. Parker manages to knock Jeff out, but in the process, he breaks his arm. Parker helps Mia snap out of it, and she is able to help him get free and then help pull Finn to safety. Jeff tries one more time to attack Parker, but in the process, he ends up going into the fire. And that's it for your recap of Chapter 31. Stick around now for Chapter 32 of Insomnia. Hope you enjoy.
2: Insomnia. The Nightwalkers. Written by J.R. Johansson. Narrated by Roy Samuelson. 32 By the time we got out, sirens were sounding in the distance. We collapsed onto the snow, both of us gagging and coughing out the smoke that permeated our bodies. As soon as the spasms stopped, I checked on Finn. He was still breathing, but it made a weird rasping sound. There was so much blood. Careful to avoid my broken wrist, I took off my sweatshirt and secured it against his wound. I couldn't take it anymore. I buried my face in the snow, letting the cold seep in through my blistered skin. After everything, was it not enough? Would Finn die anyway? There was a soft tug at my shoulder, and I sat up. Mia wrapped her arms around my neck and pulled me close. Thank you, she whispered, hot tears burning on my cheek. I'm so sorry I thought it was you. I didn't know how to respond. There was really only one answer. Me too. We held each other as the fire spread deeper into the school. Ashes mingled with the snow and fell on us as we coughed and cried until the paramedics arrived and pulled us apart. One of them inspected my arm, but I jerked it away. I'm fine, help him. I pointed towards Finn, even though two paramedics were already hurrying him toward one of the ambulances on a stretcher. I only caught pieces of words. Loss of blood. Uneven breathing and John Doe. The ambulance sped away immediately, its siren blaring through the frosty air. I couldn't feel anything anymore. I could barely think. Dread coated my veins as I wondered if he would make it. I didn't think I could take the answer right now. Only one thing seemed important enough for me to try to speak. I turned to the paramedic next to me. His name is Finn Patrick, I rasped. My throat felt like I had swallowed a dozen hot coals. He's my best friend. She nodded. I let them know. It was getting dark. The sun was probably setting even though it hadn't really made an appearance all day. Half the school was ablaze, but I kept my back to it. Every time I faced it, I could feel the heat and smoke on my skin again. People parked along the street, milling about in groups and speaking in hushed tones. Were you the only ones in the school? A firefighter asked Mia. She stared at him, and then I heard a rough sob escape her lips. There was one other guy in the shop room. I gasped against the pain in my throat. He started the fire. Two firemen headed back into the school. The paramedic nodded and pushed me back onto a stretcher. She jabbed an IV in my arm and set an oxygen mask over my face. She kept talking to me, but I couldn't answer questions anymore. I closed my eyes and tried to picture Addie's dream, tried to feel the cool mist instead of the hot, choking smoke. I tried to picture her smiling instead of crying. Then, I slipped down into my familiar void.
0: We'll dive right back into the story after this short break. This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. The audiobook I'd like to recommend this episode is Dear Martin by Nick Stone. Justice McAllister is a good kid, an honor student, and always there to help a friend. But none of that matters to the police officer who just put him in handcuffs. Despite leaving his rough neighborhood behind, he can't escape the scorn from his former peers or the ridicule of his new classmates. Justice looks to the teachings of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. for answers. But do they hold up anymore? He starts a journal to Dr. King to find out. Then comes the day Justice goes driving with his best friend Manny. Windows rolled down, music turned up, way up. Sparking the fury of a white off-duty cop beside them. Words fly, shots are fired. Justice and Manny are caught in the crosshairs. In the media fallout, it's Justice who is under attack. So whether you decide to go with my recommendation of Dear Martin by Nick Stone, or instead go with another audiobook of your choice, you can get all set up by going to Audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads. That's audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads to get your free audiobook. Hope that was a nice breather for you, because we now continue with insomnia.
2: Every piece of me itched and ate simultaneously. I wanted to roll over to ease the irritation, but my left arm was bound tight and held in place. I blinked, and I saw I was back in the hospital. As my eyes focused, they came to rest on Mia. She wore a hospital robe and was gripping my free hand. Mmm, uh. My vocal cords were so painful they felt like flames licking my throat. She turned to face me. It was the first time in months that I had seen her eyes without fear in them. No, don't talk. Here, have some ice to suck on. It helped me a lot. Her voice was hoarse too, but nothing like mine. She had a small oxygen tank beside her and a tube beneath her nose. A bandage covered the gash on her forehead. I took the chopped ice and sucked on a few pieces. They brought instant relief, and I relaxed back into my pillow. Memories from the school came to me, and only one thing mattered. Finn, I managed to choke the word out. He's going to be okay. They gave him some blood and removed his spleen, but he's fine. I released the breath I'd been holding, and all my tension flowed out with it. Mia and Finn were okay. Everything was okay. They're trying to get a hold of your mom, but before she gets here, I want you to listen, please. I nodded, and she continued. I thought about what you told me about the dreams. I remember everything, I think, and what I didn't remember, Finn and Addie told me about. I really owe you. Her voice was quiet, but her eyes held mine. Was she crazy? Of course she didn't owe me. I shook my head, but Mia frowned until I stopped. Yes, I do. You saved my life. She squeezed my uninjured hand and smiled. Now I'm going to save yours. I waited. I couldn't really talk anyway. Mia pulled on one strand of singed hair as she spoke. I want you to watch my dreams. And not just tonight. Every night. I opened my mouth and got out the one word I really needed to say. No. I couldn't let her do that. Maybe I wasn't as bad as I'd thought, but I still wasn't normal. I'd probably killed Dr. Freeberg. I didn't send the emails, but darkness was still real. Mia was sitting here, volunteering to be the answer I'd wanted her to be, and what darkness still wanted her to be. I could feel his delight, see him laughing in the back of my mind. He enjoyed it. He was the reason I'd sat outside her house in the middle of the night. He'd caused my accident. I wasn't safe, and I wouldn't risk it. Her jaw tightened. Yes. No. She groaned. Come on, don't you see? It will help both of us. I opened my mouth to argue again, but her last sentence stopped me. I waited for her to explain. I need you to be there. Her cheeks flushed. She looked down and fiddled with the hem of her hospital gown. You helped me even when I thought you were a monster. You can help me face my nightmares when they come, and when they don't, I can help you stay alive. I didn't know what to say. I didn't trust myself, but how could I refuse to help her? I glanced over at my arm, at the cast that went up to my elbow. Our lives had been filled with such carnage since we'd met. What if it happened again? Mia stared into my eyes, and I could tell she saw my uncertainty. Parker, I'm so tired of being afraid. Aren't you? Her eyes welled up with tears and I knew I'd agree. I had no defense against that. I was tired of being afraid of myself, of darkness, of my future. I squeezed her hand with a small nod. This might be the worst plan ever, but I'd never know until we tried it. A smile spread from her lips and up her face until I half expected it to burst out the top of her head. She leaned over and kissed my cheek. Her lips felt warm and soft on my skin. Just hours ago, Mia couldn't even trust me. Now she was kissing my cheek, telling me she owed me. My entire world felt upside down. I want my life to be normal someday, and I think you can help me do that, she said. Who knows, maybe I'll even be able to paint again. Her expression was sad, but hopeful. It used to be my favorite thing, until all my paintings burned with, with, she stopped and took a deep breath. Anyway, I better get back to my room now. I'll see you later. She walked to the door. Other than having a slight limp, a bandage where Jeff burned her leg, and some blisters, she looked like she'd made it out okay. She stopped in the doorway and watched me for a minute. Thanks again, Parker. I swallowed a piece of ice and whispered back, Thank you. Before the door even shut, Addie pushed it back open. I smiled, even though it hurt my scorched skin. Addie. The ice was helping my throat already. Still raw, but much improved. Comfort filled me as she entered the room until she turned to face me. Her eyes were puffy and swollen, and all I could think of was Finn. I sat straight up in bed, and the world skewed oddly to the right. What's wrong? Is Finn? My voice sounded low and foreign. My head spun. I couldn't finish the sentence. Addie shook her head and gently pushed me back against the pillow. No, he's okay. She sat in the chair Mia had just vacated and I reached for her hand, but she pulled it away. It felt like a dagger slicing clean through my heart. What's wrong? She reached into her back pocket and pulled out three white envelopes. The letters I'd left on my kitchen counter, the one marked Addie, was open. Did you get those from my mom? The fear that my mom had read her letter hit my chest with the weight of a continent, making it impossible to breathe. No. Addie sighed, her eyes accusing. I went to check on you this afternoon, and when you didn't answer again, well, I was tired of you avoiding me. She glanced back at the door to make sure no one else was coming in. I took your spare key from under the gnome in the garden, and I went in. Only you weren't there. I saw the letters on top of the message about the captain's meeting, so I called Finn and asked him to go find you before you left. And- And now, her voice broke with a sob and I grabbed her hand again. This time she didn't resist. I'm so sorry, Addie. I pulled her closer and wrapped my right arm around her. You were just going to leave? Her muffled question came through the fabric on my shoulder. How could you do that? I felt like I had to. I squeezed her closer. I thought I was putting you in danger. I'm still not sure that anyone is safe around me. She sat up and gaped at me in shock. After a few blinks, she managed to speak. "So, are you still leaving? No, I answered immediately, but she didn't look relieved. I wasn't entirely comfortable with the decision, but for now it felt like the right one. How am I supposed to believe you? I'm telling the truth. I stared her straight in the eye and waited a moment before finishing. I can't promise that I won't leave in the future if I feel like it will keep everyone safe, but I'm not leaving now. I knew the truth about you, that you couldn't have done this to Mia, that you wouldn't hurt her. Addie stood up from her chair and touched my hair with her fingers. Even when you didn't, I knew the truth, and you wouldn't listen. She turned toward the window and walked to open the blinds. Her movements were jerky, like a wounded animal. Addie was so kind and sweet. She believed in me, always and all I did was disappoint her. My heart throbbed in painful bursts, and I resisted the urge to clutch my chest. I'd been a terrible person, but maybe I could be better. Addie deserved better. I know. I'm sorry. It was lame, but what else could I say? I couldn't promise to never leave again, because if she was at risk, I would. All I can say is that I'm sorry, Addie. I know. She sighed and walked closer. Leaning over, she kissed me. Her lips were gentle and loving, even more incredible than in her dream. But when she pulled back, her eyes were the opposite, miserable and defeated. But I don't know if that's good enough. She sat in the chair beside me in silence. Everything felt wrong, and yet nothing was wrong, nothing I could fix right now anyway. After a few minutes, she changed the subject. Jeff is dead, you know. The hatred in her voice surprised me, but I wasn't sure why. It made her sound different, not like the Addie I'd always known, but she'd been through as much as the rest of us. Jeff had tried to kill her brother, her best friend, and me. I guess we were all a little different now. Yeah, I figured. I was surprised at how little the confirmation of his death affected me. Numbness spread through me and my brain ached. I didn't want to think anymore. Mia told the police what happened, about the emails and Finn, what Jeff did. One massive weight lifted off my shoulders and I took a deep breath. It felt good to hear that Mia had told the police who the threats were from, but the other issue was still there. Dr. Freeberg would never really go away. The weight of taking a life, it would always be there. Do you feel guilty that he's dead? Her eyes bore into mine. I blinked at her. Jeff, I mean. I wasn't sure how to feel about one more death when there was already blood on my hands. He was trying to kill all of us, I said, and he was the one who started the fire that killed him. Besides, I could only get two people out, and I could never regret saving Finn and Mia. How was it different with Dr. Freeberg? He wasn't trying to kill me for one thing. She crossed her arms over her chest. And who knows how many girls he might have hurt in the past? And the future? I opened my mouth and then closed it again before finding the argument I was looking for. He could have gone to jail instead. I said, my voice barely above a whisper. Yeah, but how could you prove it? Mia says she doesn't even remember. She wasn't making me feel any better. I shrugged, the weight of the discussion heavy on my shoulders. I don't know, Eddie. She squeezed my hand. Even if you did kill him, you can't change it. All you can do is make sure it doesn't happen again. I stared into her eyes and wished I could have the same faith in me that she did. She was right about one thing, though. It could never happen again. I wouldn't let it. Eddie cleared her throat and smiled, but it didn't reach her eyes. Mia's going to live with us now. Really? I hadn't thought about it, but of course Mia needed to find another home. The Patricks were perfect. Addie swung her legs over the arm of the chair and leaned against the opposite side. Yeah, they were going to put her in a group home, but you know my mom. She'd never let that happen. That's awesome. Your family is amazing. You know that, right? Yeah. Addie grinned and looked like her old self for a moment. Don't you forget it. The door to my room opened and mom rushed in and hugged me, her skin pale and eyes wide. I'm so sorry I didn't get here sooner. I was with a client and didn't realize my phone was on vibrate. And and I'm so glad you're okay, honey. You are okay, right? Right? I nodded slowly. I'll be back in a bit. Addie whispered, then gave a little wave and walked out the door. My chest ached. I didn't know if things would ever be the same between us. I knew that it was probably for the best if what had started between us ended now. It was too complicated, but I didn't care. Addie made me happy when no one else could. She made me feel like I could be as good as she thought I was. My mom kept circling around my bed, tucking in blankets and fluffing my pillow. I'm fine, mom. They said you were, but this is crazy. I mean, Jeff Sparks? I can't believe it. She hugged me again. This time, she didn't seem to want to release me but the position I was in made my broken arm ache painfully. Yeah, it's definitely crazy. I pulled away until she let go and sat down next to the bed. Did you talk to Finn or his parents? She nodded, but didn't say anything. Her eyes were locked on my cast. When I cleared my throat, she jumped. I'm really okay, mom. I watched her until she raised her eyes to mine and smiled. Sometimes, I forget how much like your dad you are. Now it was my turn to stare. She never mentioned dad, ever. I tried to get her to talk about him before, but she always said it didn't matter. It took me a second to respond. I was afraid that if I asked the wrong question, she'd decide she didn't want to talk about him. How much? Quite a bit, actually. You look like him, but lately, you're acting like him more worried about everyone else than yourself. Dad was like that? I asked, surprised. It seemed to contradict almost everything I believed about him. She laughed and squeezed my arm. Leaving wasn't the only thing he ever did, you know. I nodded. I'd been prepared to leave for my own reasons this morning, and none of them were because I was unhappy. Maybe he had his own reasons for leaving, reasons I'd never been able to understand before now. I guess him leaving is the main thing I remember. A slight frown crossed her face. Maybe I'll have to do something about that. Mrs. Patrick opened the door. Can I come in? Of course. Mom stood and gave her a hug. Finn and Addie's mom had obviously been crying, but her mouth curled up in a smile. I wanted to say thank you. She walked to my bed and gave me a gentle hug. Thank you for getting Finn out of that school. Mia told us what you did. You're welcome. I ducked my head a little. I would have never left him there. We know. That's what makes you who you are. She rubbed my head and smiled. Finn wants to see you. Do you feel up for it? Always. My body disagreed, but I didn't care. When I got to my feet, the room spun a little, and the nurse brought in a wheelchair, even though her expression dripped disapproval. We passed Mr. Patrick in the hall. Mom and Mrs. Patrick stopped to talk to him, and Addie stepped over to push my wheelchair. Finn is fine. Just remember that when you look at him, she whispered by my ear. He's kind of... Addie froze just short of Finn's doorway, and a movement at the end of the hall caught my eye. It was Blind Skull, just walking toward us like we were old friends. I blinked, but he didn't disappear or even fade into the shadows like he usually did. I let out the breath I was holding and looked up at Addie. You, uh, see him, right? Addie nodded, but didn't look at me. When he came to a stop beside us, her brow furrowed. Where do I know you from? She asked. That doesn't matter now. He turned his eyes on me. I need to talk to you, but not here. It's not safe here. You've been following Mia. Uh... I forced myself to keep my voice level. Now that I knew he was real, I wanted answers. Tell me why. No. He bent down a little closer and met my eye. I've been following you. Me? I glanced up at Addie, but she was still staring at Blindskull with confusion. Why? Who are you? I was hoping we were wrong and I could leave you to your business, but there's no use denying it anymore. He glanced up. And I saw mom peering past the Patricks, watching us with a strange expression on her face. Name is Jack. Your dad sent me to talk to you, to teach you. I felt like I had the wind knocked out of me. My dad? Like I said, this isn't a safe place to talk. I'll be in touch. It seems impossible for you, but try to stay out of trouble for a few weeks for once, and I'll be back. Jack pivoted and walked quickly away. He disappeared around a corner just as Mom patted Mrs. Patrick on the shoulder and started toward us. Her brow was furrowed and she looked puzzled, but then the nurse came up with the forms for her to sign. I released the breath I'd been holding and glanced up at Addie. Her lips squeezed in a tight line, but she shook her head. Tomorrow, we'll worry about it tomorrow. No more today. Her eyes met mine, and I felt the vibrations of her shaking hands through the back of my wheelchair. Okay, Parker? Yeah, okay. There were no answers today, not now. Right now, we just needed to see Finn. Eddie pushed my chair into his room, and I forced myself to breathe normally. Finn was beyond pale, and his eyes were closed. He was practically invisible against his stark white sheets, only his freckles stood out dark in contrast. He looked like some kind of polka dot person, and it made my stomach turn. Addie walked out and shut the door behind her. Finn opened his eyes slowly and then smiled as I sat forward, and it transformed him. I felt instantly better. He was still here somehow, my best friend, still the same old Finn. Hey, man, I was going to lie to make you feel better, but I can't. I shook my head. You look terrible. I know. He nodded with a grim. It better be worth it. I blinked. What? I figured if I looked bad enough to make you feel guilty, then you'd stop excluding me from all the excitement. He wheezed and clutched his side. Mission accomplished. The excitement is all yours. I smiled, then winced. Now, stop looking like crap so I can go back to ignoring you. Sounds good to me. He drew a ragged breath. It's not worth feeling like this. I laughed, and we sat there for a minute. So, I hear you pulled some kind of crazy hero crap back at the school. He only seemed to be able to keep one eye open at a time, but he was really trying. Oh Yeah? Yeah, running out of a burning building, pulling two injured people out to safety with a broken arm and all. The stuff of legends. Finn's chuckle turned into a weird snore-snort thing before he opened both eyes wide and continued, promise me something. What? He smiled in a totally drug-induced, dreamy way. Make sure someone totally ripped plays me in the movie. I laughed, deal, you get out of the hospital and I'll let you pick the whole cast. Count on it, Finn mumbled. His eyes fluttered closed and he snored almost immediately. For some reason, his drug-induced narcolepsy made me feel so much better. Some things would never change. Finn wouldn't be Finn if he didn't make me laugh, even in his sleep. I wasn't sure what would happen with Addie, but we'd figure it out. And with Mia's help, I wouldn't be dying anytime soon. There were so many things I didn't understand, but I had time now. I would make Jack answer all my questions. For the first time... I had hope I could find out about dad, why he left, if he was a watcher too, and every other damn thing I've been waiting to ask for nearly five years. Everything is going to be okay, I said aloud to the silent room. I needed the words of reassurance to convince myself, because even now, I could feel him. Darkness sat in the stillness of my mind, watching for the perfect moment. The moment when he could voice his warped opinion like an oar dipped in the river of my decisions, awaiting the time when he could use my weakness and the tide to throw me off course. But I was strong, and he was weak. I knew that now. As long as I kept getting rest by watching Mia's dreams, my future could be what I wanted it to be.
1: Thanks for listening to the Riveting Reads Podcast, Season 1, Insomnia. New podcast episodes will be available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're not the patient type and want the full book now, you can find the audiobook on Audible Podcasts or the paperback version on Amazon. Stick around for some author insights from J.R. Johansson about the chapter featured in this episode.
0: Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson and welcome to the Authorly Insight section on Chapter 32. I try not to stick around too long after the climax in a story, so I tend to keep it short and sweet and hopefully leave the readers with answers but already wanting the next book. My favorite part of this chapter is all of the unanswered questions that Jack brings with him. In just a few sentences of conversation between him and Parker, we have an entirely new avenue of possibility for where the next story could take us. That's my favorite way to end a story in a series. I want the reader to have a lot to think about and excitement to start getting some answers to those questions. Jack is also one of my favorite characters in the entire series. Hopefully he'll be that for you too, once you get to know him. I hope these insights have been interesting for you and given you just a tiny peek into some choices or decisions that I made in writing the story. From here, we'll be taking about a week off and then I will be posting the bonus chapter that I've mentioned previously. This is a chapter from Addie's point of view, and it has never been uh, seen before, except for, for those who have bought the new version of the book or purchased the full audiobook. So keep your eyes out for that. I'll also be posting a preview for Season 2 of Riveting Reads, which is now slated to be Paranoia, Book 2 in the Nightwalker series, and that will be coming pretty quickly. So stay tuned. We have a lot of exciting things in store for you and we are excited that you're here. One more request for this season. If you could help us spread the word about the podcast by telling someone that you think might like it, then we would really appreciate it. Thank you and we'll see you next episode with the bonus chapter. Bye.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Riveting Reads. Please check out details for our reader appreciation program in the podcast notes or on rivetingreadspodcast.com. Also, a reminder that we're still a new podcast and we would love to hear from you. Please subscribe as well as rating and reviewing in your podcast app. Thanks, and we'll see you in a few days for the next episode.